<laughs> Magic. All right, my loves. Welcome back. This is the story behind the story. I'm Sierra Melker, founder of Integral Women and Red Thread Publishing. And this is Stacy Dyson, the badass. I want to let you introduce yourself <laughs> however you choose to identify today because we are always a little bit different than we were last time. This is the second time we've tried this podcast. Internet in South America is not as reliable as I would dream it to be, but we are here. So who, my darling, are you today? I am pretty much the same person I am every day. So I don't know who you've been talking to. <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am a Black female poet. It's that's 24 7 365 you know all the numbers you want to run that description does not change yeah um right. the any anything else is secondary let me put it that way okay i love it last time we spoke we talked about voice and finding your voice because that's come up a lot with the women who are um, approaching writing maybe for the first time and wanting to be moving into this creative space. But I recognize, and you shared with me multiple times since we've known each other, um, that voice just claimed you and found you and shook you and has held on since you were five. And, and that's incredible, but I don't think it's a common experience. You wanna say one thing about that, but I wanna move us in another direction for this conversation. Um no it's it's not i mean when when you're little you think everybody can do what you do you don't think about it and so i thought everybody did what i did and it was always a big shock to me to find out that they didn't um it's like you know what do you mean you you can't hear words that way what do you mean you can't hear music that i that made no sense to me um quite honestly even now, some days it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, how, it's right there. How can you not? Um, but yes, um, I, you know, I have a poem that says, you know, you know, the Lord put his hand on me and said, here am I now speak. That's pretty much it. I didn't choose this. It came and got me. Um, there are days that I fight with that and days that I don't. If I fight with it, I always lose. So <laughs> always, so I have just learned like, okay, fine. Um, because there are days I do not want to poet. There are days I do not want to sing. And on most of those days, the Lord looks down and says, I don't care, do your job. So yeah. that's actually what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your creative practice, your creative routine, whether it's the fighting it or the like letting it unleash itself all over you, whatever that, because that's um, whether the voice claimed you when you were young or for other w women who are listening to this podcast, uh, women who are like saying, yes, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to speak when I hadn't been before. I'm ready to share what I, I didn't know that I was safe to share before. Um, a lot of women are coming with questions like, how? How do I do that? How do I structure myself or my life so that I can do that? So I wanted to know, and not that your creative routine is going to be anybody else's or that it's going to work for anybody else. Oh, I can promise. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to explore what's possible 
so that other women can be like, oh, well, Stacy does it that way. I don't have to do it any particular way. I can just do it my way. So I want to hear about your process because I'm curious, but also to sort of give permission to people to do it however the F it works for them. Um, my process as such is I don't write every day. I don't write for it. You know, I, I have novelist friends who, you know, wake up at eight and write straight through until noon and you know, I have poet friends who write mm -hmm. every day and, you know, God love them for it. I write when lightning strikes. Um, mm -hmm. I have to keep my eyes open, keep my ears open, keep my heart open. And when all of those things are in alignment, which happens, thank you, Jesus, more frequently than you might think, <laughs> that's when I can write. Um, I also have to have, the only criteria really is I have to have some, some distance. I've got to have some objectivity. If mm -hmm. I am too wrapped up in whatever the the emotion is, or whatever the the um, whatever the trigger happens okay. to be, if I'm too close to that, too wrapped up in it, nothing happens. And that's not just when I'm sad or depressed or angry or you know whatever. No. If I am blindingly in love, mm -hmm. I can't write about it then. I need some distance, you know, I need to see, you know, his wet towels on the bathroom floor after I pulled him 800 times, at least one time. And it's like, okay, we got a little distance here. Um, so there's, there's that. Hmm. The other part of the process is I need to know when it's just not working. Okay. Mm -hmm. I need to know when I'm shut down. I need to know when I'm not you know, when my antenna is not up, when I'm not feeling the universe, I need to, to be conscious of that because yes. anything that I would write then is just word spinning. It's not writing. I mean, mm -hmm. now any, any poet worth their salt can word spin, quite mm -hmm. honestly. Um, that takes absolutely nothing but a use of how to manipulate language. Well, that's poet 101. That's what we do. Right. Um, so, so that I can do with, you know, if I have to. But as far as actually being that vessel for whatever the poem happens to be, I have to clear out and be conscious, and then it flows, and then I know it's real. Um, for the you know for the folks out there who are saying, "How do I do this?" or "How do I get there?" Uh, you can read books and watch instructional videos till hell freezes over. It's not going to do you a bit of good pick up the pencil, pick up the pen and get busy. And it doesn't matter if you're writing crap at first because people write crap. I have written tons you're of it. You're supposed to, you're supposed to write crap. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, but there are people you start. who don't think that. There are people who yeah. are terrified by, you know, their third grade English teachers or whatever. Yeah. And they think everything has to be a gem, please. Right. Okay. If, if your life is not perfect, why would you expect your art to be? And quite honestly, I don't want to read other people's perfect life. I love reading a, like a beautifully cracked experience or a, like a person who's struggling because when I read that, I'm like, oh, hallelujah. I am, I belong here. I belong These here. are my people. <laughs> There's that, that. Oh my gosh, you're, you're, as, you're, as, you're, you're as cracked as I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> The, the whole idea right. of, of writers um, 
separating themselves from the rest of the world. Like, no, that's that's not your job. Mm. Um, that you know, I I need to stand apart from my audience. Then you need to get the hell away from your audience. You're damaging, <laughs> you're damaging everybody. In that, I I've trained poets and speakers who say, you know, well, they'll get to a certain part in their presentation, and it's like, well, I'm going to cry. Uh huh. And mm. well, I can't I can't cry. Why not? Crying it's is on, the bravest thing anyone can ever do. Out in front of, you know, God and everybody. Yeah. I said, I said, you know, granted, nobody wants you rolling about the stage sobbing, you know, inconsolably because, you know, there are show times and things, you know, technical aspects to worry about. But if you, if you have to cry, let it go. If you have to laugh, let it go. All it does to your audience is let them know, oh, they're real. And a lot of times... Audiences have a problem understanding that. Mm. Like, oh my goodness, this is a real person. Yeah. You know, she's- Well, we, we, and that doesn't serve the audience and it doesn't serve the person who needs to be up there someday. At all. Because as the audience member, if you've lived your whole life as an audience member and everyone that you've read or everyone you've seen on stage is like encased in some sort of spiritual gold or whatever the hell you think it is, then you- you don't see yourself there. And if they don't see themselves where you are either, it's just this block. It's hard to stand on stage if you have these expectations. And then if you're on stage and pretending to be who you think you're supposed to be, then there's no fun in that. What's that? If you are on stage and you are pretending to be who you are supposed to be, I personally, if I'm running this, the show, will make sure that you are never on my stage again. I don't want you there. And I think um, it's, it's a shifting opinion about like what, what is noteworthy. I do think there was an era when like perfection was the goal and whatever, perf- right? Whatever that was, I don't know what that is, you but know, I, mean, I don't live in that world. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to be a part of that world. I want the edges and the cracks and like all of it. Cause that gives me something to work with. The thing with. about it is, is that there are people who say, they use, you know, whatever form of art you're indulging in to escape. Hmm. Okay, I get that. But that should not preclude the fact that the person who's putting out this art, you know, bleeds and sighs and cries and loves it. They're people. And the the whole, you know, I've, I've had, I don't know how many times, um, people come up to me after a show where I am clearly standing there, you know, hanging on by a thread and a half, you know, and doing, you know, doing PR because I have to. Uh, and they just want to, and they want to talk and they, they want to talk to my stage persona. They don't want to talk to me because my stage persona and me are two very different people. Um, and so when I, when I tell them, you know what, I'm really exhausted or I really can't do that now. Or, you know, there's this, this mad disappointment with some people because they expect you to be on all the time. Um, when you're somebody like me who has a very distinct personal versus stage persona thing going on, that's madly draining. Um, 
events like you know events where I'm I am required, which is almost all of them, um, to do PR afterward, public relations stuff afterward. I go home with headaches, stomach aches, you know, sick as a dog, just straight burnt because they needed my stage persona for another two hours and she wanted to leave. And who I am personally is really not equipped to deal with what it is they want. So you talked about this earlier that like when you, when your eyes are open, when your heart is open, when you can channel something, you're the vessel, right? And I mm-hmm. think that I'm, I'm hearing that again. And that like when, as a poet, I mean, you get on stage and share. Um, I, I consider myself a writer. I do like to, to speak to audiences, but I also like to be alone in my house and close my door and like shut it off whenever I want. Um, and so I, I resonate strongly with you, um, but I don't, my craft is less about being out there. Um, but I wanted to, to sort of bring back those ideas that, that when you're the vessel, you're channeling something. It's not mm-hmm. you, it's through you. Mm-hmm. And, and to then to be that vessel as if it is you is what it sort of sounds like. They like want yeah. that voice all the time. And it's, and, but I, I wanna bring us back just before we wrap up back to your original point of open heart, open mind, because, so I'm teaching right now a process that's the opposite of write every day, slam it out like a machine. It's like, if 80% of writing's not writing, what is it? And I wanted to hear what, what else do you do just personally, not that it's going to be the perfect recipe for anybody else, but what do you do that works for you to, to open? You said that like, when I'm not open, I need to know that, but Mm -hmm. how do you support yourself to be open so that lightning can strike? Um, For me personally, I stay the hell away from people, quite honestly. Um, I can't, if there's if there's just like tons and tons and tons of things going on and my energies are being pulled in too many different directions nothing good is going to happen it just isn't um when there's too much noise in my head for whatever reason um all of that has to quiet down or at least be be at a manageable point for me to be able to do what it is i'm supposed to be doing and so when one of one of my favorite things in the world is to go to a place um that's quiet serene one moment and then we'll burst into activity the next um you know trolley stations are good for that so i will go and i will sit at the trolley station and you know they're like 15 minutes apart or whatever and a lot of the times at one particular trolley station, I'm the only person there on, on both sides of the track. And, you know, so traffic noises in the background and it's very quiet, it's a very pretty area. And then here comes the train and boom, you know, there's people, sounds, color, da 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 But then five minutes later, it's, okay, 
So those, those bursts of, of external stimulation are great, but it's the internal stuff that keeps me from throwing myself onto the third rail at the trolley station. <laughs> and that's really a combination <laughs> of, of, of prayer and my external surrounding. I'm really lucky most of the time to be surrounded by people that I love who love me. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have to see them every day. Don't have to hear from them every day. I know it's there. It's mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the loves in my life, thank you, Jesus, are palpable. I can reach out and put my fingers on them even when that person is, is not physically there. So that's yep. great. Um, and as long as I can say to myself, okay, chick, where are you today? And answer it, honestly, I'm good to go. Mm. But it's, it's, a, it's a very, very definitive self-awareness. Yeah. I, I have to know. I can't guess. Um, <laughs> I can't. Um, and I can't be pushed or prodded into or out of it people have tried that in the past it has not Mm -hmm. gone well for either of us yep and i think that's actually really common i one of the things i keep hearing is has women have tried this right they've been the one who are trying to prod themselves um by squeezing themselves into some they picked up somewhere a story or a belief that it had to be done this way And so they're trying to get themselves into this way, whatever that way happens to be. Um, And, and then it doesn't work. And then it just feeds the story of I'm not good enough. I'm not the writer. I'm the blah, 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 whatever else happens. Right. And, and what I'm really working on is to support the story that if you're safe, right. You said my, my loved ones are palpable. So you're, you're in a container and you've got the flux between the quiet and the stimulation. And so for me, the common recipe is you you need to be safe, you need to be self-aware, and then I love the high energy and the low energy, whatever that looks like, whether it's on a moon cycle or a trolley stop, like maybe it's 15 days apart, maybe it's 15 minutes apart, whatever that, it's, it's like food and then space to digest all of mm-hmm. these parallels, right? And then uh, you have something we, had, we had talked earlier <laughs> on one of the podcasts that didn't work mm-hmm. um, about the fact that the other thing that you need to realize is the poem is already out there, mm-hmm. okay? It is, it's present and correct and finished. You're just a vessel, okay? So the biggest thing is get over yourself, okay? <laughs> You're not creating this. You're just something for that perfection to go through. Yeah. Okay. Now, I can sit around and say all day long, I write poems. What I should really be saying is I write them down. Okay. They, yeah. they, they're already there. Yeah. And, I tra- and I transcribe poetry. I transcribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's very much a case of you need to do what a good conduit does stay mm. clear right so too don't busy in, too loud right. don't, too don't interfere with what's coming through you 
stay clear, um, and also know when whatever is flowing is not for you. And that's mm. that's a little bit harder thing to learn. Even now, you know, okay, not so much as I did when I was younger. I will create something that I know it's technically correct and it sounds fine when I say it and it might work on stage, but it doesn't feel mm. right. Yeah. When that happens, I know that the poem is meant for somebody else and I mm -hmm. either stop doing it or I hang out until that person comes along and say, and I can say, oh, that's, yeah. that's free. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, There's been talk about the insp inspiration is there, right? It's in the universe, but inspiration yeah. itself, like you say, can't get onto the page and it needs uh, a person to actually translate it and transcribe right. it. Um, and if, if you're not that person, uh, Liz Gilbert has done some really interesting writing around this, um, as well as a few other people that if you're too busy or you don't have time to sit down and be clear, it'll hop somewhere else and maybe it'll land on you, but it's not for you. So there's, I love, and I just want to wrap us up with this because you and I can and have, and probably will talk for hours. Um, <laughs> for the purpose of this. I was pretty much planning on it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll stop recording. We will keep on going, but we'll stop okay. recording. Um, just because I, I love giving somebody a nugget to chew on and to contemplate. And, mm -hmm. and when I'm working with clients, we play with the, the balance of the masculine and the feminine energy, the balance of the, the chaotic life filled and then the like quiet. I love the moon as it, because it reminds me on a daily basis. It's like, fill, 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 bright, bright, bright. Okay, pulling it back, pulling it back, quiet, quiet, digest, rest. And then just do like, that's my rhythm. Um, and, I, and I really like that. So if you had one last breath, forgive the morbid, you know, morbid. Really, I'm like, gee. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have many more, but for this call, one last moment to offer offer to women who are on the precipice of writing, have mm -hmm. begun, who are desiring, what do you think they need to hear most from you right now? Listen, and don't be afraid of what you're hearing. Mm. Yeah. And that's it, my loves. There we go. I'm just going to leave it at that. Listen, and don't be afraid of what you're hearing. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll be back with another amazing female creator next week. Sending you love. Thank you, Stacey, for joining us multiple times to make sure that the internet is also collaborating and conspiring with us. Thank you for, for right now, anyway, yeah. <laughs>